This is the Sales Development Podcast, powered by Tenbound, hosted by David Denver. My name is James Bodden, here to introduce episode 207, featuring Mitch Reeves, Vice President of Sales Development at Dozuki. This episode kicks off with a proper player intro for Mitch Reeves, who shares how he made the journey into NCAA basketball coaching and then into sales development. A super interesting conversation as this thing gets going. At the 15-minute mark, the conversation continues with Mitch connecting the dots between sports and sales, and he highlights the similarities for individual contributors and coaches. At the 20 minute mark, David and Mitch talk about how Mitch made the journey from SDR all the way to vice president at Dozuki. Some great practical advice from Mitch in this section here. Focused on the day is the phrase that you need to watch out for. A must listen for anybody on that journey themselves. And as the episode wraps up, Mitch speaks about the exciting growth plans for his team at Dozuki and what he's focused on to drive his team's success. This episode is chock full of value. Mitch brings a very real tactical view to the episode along with some great advice for anybody looking to make a journey up through the ranks into sales development leadership. If you enjoyed the episode, head over to 10bound.com, leave a rating, but for now, enjoy episode 207 featuring Mitch Reeves, Vice President of Sales Development at Dozuki. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. This is David Denver, your host, and today we're going to be speaking with a true baller and a former NCAA basketball coach, but let's do this. I'm going to introduce him in style. So... From Washington State University, number 23, five foot ten, Mitch Reeves. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Mitch. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate that. You know, I didn't play in college, so that's good to hear the Cougs in the background there getting introduced in the starting lineup. <laughs> you know, I wanted to have a little fun with it because I'm such a big fan, big diehard basketball fan growing up in the, in the Michael Jordan era especially when Jordan ended up beating my Seattle Supersonics in game six in Chicago. Thought that was such an amazing game, but I love the way the Chicago Bulls ended up having every starting lineup. I could still hear the music in my ears. That's a classic song. Yeah, you play that soundtrack all day. (laughs) Yeah, no, they actually, if you on ESPN, you actually can hear that during the playoffs. They've taken that piece of the Bulls uh, kind of theme before the starting lineups. And man, it always fires me up. Like I'll be in the dining room having some dinner and I hear that come on and I just turn my head. I'm like, yes. You know, between that and then like the old school NBA on NBC soundtrack. I mean, those, yeah, that just brings back all the nostalgia for sure from growing up watching NBA hoops. I mean, I'm a horrible singer, but it probably went something like this. I don't know. Does that, is that that good? good? I'm not going to correct you. (laughs) I don't know. out there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hopefully the audio sounds okay on that because yeah, definitely not going to be Justin Timberlake's brother on, you know, Crimea River or anything like that. But today, I think this is so awesome. You know, when we first connected on LinkedIn, you know, I checked out your page. It really caught my attention. As you know, you started off as, you know, the head student manager for the men's basketball team at, you know, Washington State for the Cougs and Pullman. And then went to Seattle University. You know, I went to Seattle Pacific, so I'm very familiar with the university and 
you were on the basketball operation side of the house and then transitioned to an opportunity. And when we spoke offline about this opportunity, you couldn't pass up over at Cal Poly. I know you were there for 10 years, um, part on the operations side and then moving into assistant head coach. And now you are the VP of sales development at Duzuki. And once again, like kind of like Homer Simpson, oh, or wait, did I say it wrong? I probably said it wrong, didn't I? Dozuki, that's right. Okay, yeah. I said it right. I was so fearful of that. I was like, all right, don't botch this. But I'm really excited to hear your story. I think the listeners, especially in sales development, people that may be in a different industry are looking to pivot into the sales development field. I think you just have such a brilliant story. And so, you know, I want to be able for you to showcase that. So I'm going to give you the mic. We can talk about a few things later on, but and how really coaching basketball really help you become a sales development leader. But before we even get there, love for you to introduce yourself, you know, what your background is, where you come from and all that good stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks, David, number one, for having me on. Just honored to you know, be a part of this episode. And yeah, I mean, you kind of gave the resume there at the beginning. You know, I grew up an Army brat, grew up in Washington State, ended up going to school at Washington State University, then had the opportunity to be in college basketball for 15 years before making the transition over to Dazuki and, and climbing the ladder here. So it's been a fun ride. You know, for me, it's all about the people. And I think that's probably will be the focus in today's episode. It's about the people, whether it's coaching hoops, you know, helping run a sales organization, you got to level up the people that you have around you. So I'm just excited to be able to talk with you today. No, absolutely, Mitch. And, you know, so let's kind of just take a step back and kind of walk through, you know, not, I wouldn't necessarily say your childhood, but like, what got you into basketball? What was the passion behind, you know, coaching? And maybe explain a little bit about that piece. I think that'll be an awesome place to start. Yeah, well, my whole life was sports growing up. My mom on her side of the family, she had four brothers. They all played sports. They all coached. Like my grandfather, actually, he was a high school baseball coach and teacher. And all of my uncles helped coach the baseball team at some point. And one of them was a high school basketball coach for a little bit. So it was just kind of in my blood. And when I started at Washington State, my first year, I wasn't really doing much, reached out to the program to see if you know I could help out, you know, be a student manager. And they let me on. And then I figured out after a few years, like, hold up, I might be able to get paid to be around basketball. So that's kind of what got me into it really was just the love for the game. I mean, I've always loved it. I've been a part of it organized wise since I was like in third grade. So yeah, that's how I got into it and why I stayed into it. Just a passion. No, that's awesome. And so talking about coaching, right? I think about coaching. Sometimes the first thing that pops in my mind, I don't know why it's still night, you know, him throwing, you know, chairs on the court, you know, it's just different people can think about different things. Obviously, there's a lot of good coaches out there in the NCAA, but tell me like, what's your coaching style? Like you got your team, just imagine the season's not even starting yet. Are you meeting your players and, you know, the study hall, like kind of go behind the scenes a little bit of what coaching really is, not just coaching on the floor, but even on the outside of the floor or off the court. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions of college basketball coaching. Your actual portion of on the floor instruction and, and all the game stuff. I mean, we're talking maybe that's 20% of your time, like kind of as you alluded to, I mean, there's study halls, there's the housing portion, all of that. I mean, there's so much more that goes into it. Like 
you know, everything's big right now, mental health, nutrition. So there's just so many other things that you're helping to navigate with your team. Not to mention most of these individuals are 18 to 22, you know, so you're hoping to be a light for them and not just, of course, make them a better basketball player, but make them a better person. And you're there to help them grow. I mean, those are some pretty formidable years in someone's life. So I never really took that for granted, you know, having that responsibility to be an example for the players and hopefully mentor them through, you know, their time at the university. That's great. I love to see that hands-on approach. And I know that, you know, it may be different for different coaches across the nation, but, you know, now that we spoke a little bit off the court, getting on the court, right? Like what were those things that you had to personally do to really help and develop and coach these players? You're looking at film, you're looking at so many different aspects of a player that some people might not really understand of how much time you're actually spending doing your research on these people. Like, what does that actually look like on the floor, looking at film? How do you dissect the person, et cetera? I think the biggest thing is figuring out how can you use that player's skills in the offense that you're running and the defense that you're running. You know, you really got to find, you know, where do they fit in? Obviously, there's a lengthy process in recruiting them. So you have a great idea of who they are and you know, what they're bringing to your program. But the great coaches are able to take that person's talent and fit it in to the system that they're running. And so that's where you spend a lot of time, of course, watching film and really skill development on the offensive side. You just want to be able to maximize everybody's talent and everyone brings something different, which is, you know, true in the sales world as well. But, you know, on the basketball court, how can you maximize that person's talent for your team, not only for their success, but the team success as well. And I think that the great coaches, ultimately, they're the ones that figure out how to do that year in and year out. Yeah, that's a great answer. And, you know, the reason I'm kind of dissecting into this a little more is because not only you were a coach, but you were on the operation side. And I think, you know, me being selfish and curious because I am such a basketball fan about really the biggest difference between either basketball operations, like what that aspect looks like compared to actually being on the floor, coaching, mentoring, et cetera. Yeah. Well, I would say first off, like the mentoring, as long as you're a part of the staff, I think that's a responsibility for everybody on staff. But in terms of like on the floor, that's the one thing when I was in the operations role, you weren't allowed to do. So you weren't allowed to be on the floor and do any drills. The main responsibilities are, it's really just all the logistics. I mean, I can hear when I was in that, that role, just like the players going, when I had something to say, like logistics, logistics, you know, so because they knew I was going to give an update of what we had going on. And that's from making sure you got meals, the team bus, you got the hotel book, the flights, all of that. And the reality is in that position is you have to make sure other people do their job well for you to look like that you did yours. So that was always a challenge, but you know, it just required a lot of organization and it was fun. I really enjoyed my time in the operations role and that's how I was able to get my start. So really thankful for it. Yeah. And the things that you just listed out there, that tells me you have great time management skills, which will be a segue to sales development because that's another piece within SDRs today. To be successful, you need to have a really good understanding of your calendar, good understanding of your day-to-day and your framework. And there was a lot of logistics that you just pointed out of being like, oh, wow, like there's a road game coming up in a few days. Okay, this hotel's booked. Like, wait a minute. Like trying to figure out if you have to pivot accordingly. And it's the same thing as an SDR And then you're going out and coaching people. And then at a later point, which we'll discuss later on, is you're 
moved your way up to VP of sales development. So it's like, it's interesting. I'm like, kind of like peeling the onion here. It's just fascinating to hear your story thus far. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. Yeah. I'm just glad you wanted to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. So yeah, no. So tell me more about this. Like when you're on the floor as a coach, like what are the things that your head coach is asking you to be looking for within your players? Like, are you building out you know, not necessarily the playbook, but are you doing a scouting report, not only on your own players, but other players? So maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, that's a big aspect of it is the scouting reports for your opponents. You know, every program does a little bit differently, but a lot of programs, what they'll do is they'll just break up the reports with the assistant coaches. So typically there's three or four assistants doing the scouting reports. So you'll just kind of get your, you know, the teams that you need to scout for. That involves watching film, pulling those clips. You know, you're going to look at player tendencies in those clips. You're going to look at obviously what the team's running on offense, what type of defenses they're throwing out there. So you need to know everything about that team and be able to provide adjustments within the game based on what you've seen. And, you know, but the realities are all of it comes in the preparation. Like, hey, you need to know all that stuff, but you also need to be able to present it in practice. It's kind of like the mock calls on the SDR side, right? Like, if you can't do it in a mock call, well, you're probably not going to be able to do it, you know, when you get on the phone with a prospect. So it's the same thing. Like, if you can't do it in practice, well, probably not going to be able to do it in the game. There's some rare people that can turn it on and off. Those people are rare. But on the coaching side, too, like, you've got to be prepared. Like, it's not like you're going to have the answers all of a sudden when the game comes. You need to have those in practice, the three, four days leading up to the game. So, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it and was fortunate to be around a lot of coaches that excelled in that area. So I was able to learn a ton. For sure. That's such a great way to explain it because you're getting the team prepared. So when getting the team prepared for a game, it's you as a leader in sales development, you're getting your team prepared, knowing your company's, you know, ICP, understanding, you know, who competitors are to be able to, right persona-based messaging to give your team the best shot of succeeding. So they almost, in a sense, go hand in hand. And and if you're not a basketball fan, that's okay. I mean, we're going to be pivoting to the sales development aspect, but for the listeners that are sports fans, it's almost identical. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah, I would say it's so, so similar. It really is. You know, like I mentioned kind of at the top was you know, you're dealing with people and everybody's different and everyone has different talents. You know, it doesn't matter what the role is, sport, role, whatever it is. How can you maximize those talents for them to succeed? Obviously, in sales role, it's a little bit more of an island than you are on a basketball team because you got four other people there to help you win that game where yeah. hey, you're on the phone. It's, it's you and the prospect, you know, you know, but from that aspect, from a coaching perspective, it's how can I get the most out of David today? What are some things that I know that are going to relate to David that I could get him to, you know, change up what he's doing or continue to pour gasoline on what he's doing, you know, whatever that may be. I think that's the biggest part of coaching. I think the biggest parallel too with between sports and being in sales development. You know, that's just a testament to, you know, your emotional intelligence because a lot of SDR leaders, or I wouldn't say a lot of them, some of them, you know, really don't understand the aspect of everybody should be coached differently right? Because you could be, you know, one person that might be a little bit more sensitive. You might not want to do that. Like, why are your number, you know, like there's just different ways to fuel the fire. It might be trying to show a little bit more compassion, show the soft skills of trying to find out maybe what's going on in their life that's preventing them to excel as an SDR. So like taking that approach compared to someone that needs that extra fire that knows if you 
pour that gasoline. Like you said, if you pour the gasoline and you light that match, it's going to light a fire under them to get the most out of their skill set. So it's hundred percent fascinating that you brought that to the table and, you know, talk a little bit about like the transition. Now that I kind of understand like the framework of really what you have done on the basketball, basketball operations, you know, what did that light, when did that light come off and say, you know what sales development, like hearing that story, I think will be awesome for the listeners. Well, I always thought that if I didn't get into college basketball, that would have got into sales and kind of my mindset. Like I always thought like, you know, it's easy to say things when you're not in like an industry, right? It's like, oh, well, I could do that or whatever. But I always thought like, hey, you know, I think I could have success in sales. And, you know, well, kind of when I came to this fork in the road, when my time at Cal Poly was done, it's like, all right, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, well, now, now's a good time to pursue sales. Like go prove it to yourself. So that was kind of my motivation. I started out as an SDR and, you know, credit really to Dazuki. One, taking a chance on me. And, and two, you know, they stayed true to one of the questions that I asked in the interview. I said, Hey, will I have a chance to grow? Like I just wanted a chance to grow. And they said, yeah, and, you know, if you prove it, you'll have a chance and we'll kind of see where it takes us. And, you know, fast forward to now, I mean, you know, they've, they've taken care of me. So it was really cool to be a part of a company that was growing, but also to see a company that supports you in your growth, both personally and professionally. And that was really, I mean, it made my transition so much easier. You know, I'll say obviously like financially from going from coaching, which is not like it's it's a lot. It's not what you're seeing like Coach K and stuff making, you know, to like an SDR position at that time. Like, yeah, that was tough. It was like, hey, uncapped commission, just go make the money. So from that perspective, it was fun and it was a challenge. For sure. And, you know, even looking at your LinkedIn profile right now, I mean, you not only took that as a challenge, but you lit a fire under yourself to really say, you know what, I'm going to come in here and make a difference. And just by looking at your page, you got promotion after promotion to where you are today. So what did that process look like when you woke up in the morning? How did you challenge yourself being like, Hey, like, I want to make a difference. I want to show this organization that I'm the right person for this job. Like walk us through kind of like your headspace, your mindset, et cetera. Yeah. I was just saying focused on the day. Like, I think we get so caught up and like, Hey, this is where we want to go. This is where I need to be in three, five years, but all you got is today. And I, that was my focus as an SDR, as an SDR manager. That's my focus now. Like, you know, I'm part of that. I've really learned from, you know, the, our leadership here at Dazuki, my boss, uh, Brian, he's been a great role model of that, but it's just like, just take care of what you can today. Like maybe you'll get everything done. Maybe you won't, but you just put your best foot forward today. The rest of it will kind of, you know, shake itself out. And I just really believe that. Of course, there's so many other variables that go into that, right? But at the same time, you get today, make the best out of today. How are you going to be a blessing today? And that's kind of my thought process. Absolutely. And why don't you tell, I think, you know, one of the things I'm curious, I mean, I see Dozuki's mission, like kind of their mission statement, and I've learned a little bit about them, but in your own words, like how would you describe Dozuki? Yeah, we're a software tool to really upskill the frontline employees. So we're really there to create a continuous improvement culture through work instructions. That's really what our software focuses on, are the work instructions that get in front of the frontline workers. You know, within that, you know, you can do a lot of things from a management level and all of that, but it really helps the entire organization with their digital journey. That's really what we're all about. Our ICP is the manufacturing industry, and that was something brand new to me, but it's a fascinating industry, which I think has, you know, sometimes a negative 
connotation with it about, you know, making things. But when you think about everything you have, like it gets made somewhere in a plant, like it gets manufactured and like to see those processes and all the work that goes into those things, man, it's truly a fascinating place. And you know, I'm excited to be a part of that industry. No, super cool. And, you know, obviously we could talk offline about it, but definitely have a lot of connections within the manufacturing space. So, you know, one off, we'll be able to connect later on either later this month or next. But no, I think that's so great. You know, the jump that you've made, the way that you have just been so focused on your own personal growth, you know, you could have had an ego that came into it, be like, ah, SDR, but you just like, you accepted the challenge and you just stayed focused at the task at hand, put your blinders on and just went for it. And now you are now the VP of sales development. So, you know, right now, what is that team? look like? What is like the goal or where are you looking to go in the next five years? Is it looking to scale by, you know, adding more SDRs or, you know, what what does that picture look like there, Mitch? Yeah. I mean, our team has grown quite a bit over just the last year. So yeah, we're looking to continue to grow. That's going to be both in headcount and of course revenue, you know, you're never (laughs) growing about that. Right. And you know, that's my main focus is obviously being in charge of the sales development side is how can we bring in new conversations to new companies? And that's my focus, organizing that with the team. So I've learned a ton in the last year being in this role of different strategies to use, go-to-market strategies, like GTM. I wouldn't have known what that meant, you know, like three, four years ago. Like go-to-market, like, okay, cool. Like the supermarket, like, what do you mean? You know, but learning all those things and the different strategies to help our team you know, really excel and lift up our portion of the company. It's fun and it's exciting. So we're on our way up and we we hope to just continue to keep going that way. Yeah, absolutely. And Mitch, I will say it was just such a pleasure getting to know you, not only on a personal level, but on a professional level as well. You're such a, an amazing leader, someone that, you know, really practices those soft skills. So other SDRs that are going to be under your wing in the future, and the ones that are right now, they're, they're very lucky to have you. And, you know, at this point, I'm going to transition and put you on the spot. You had no idea I was going to ask you this question, but right. who is going to be in the NBA finals one and who is going to win it? Because this is going to be recorded and it'll be fun to see if you actually hit it. So let's make the pick and then kind of go on with the day. Okay. Who's going to be in the NBA finals and who's yep. going to win? I feel like this needs to be sponsored by FanDuel or something. I, I know, seriously, I was thinking FanDuel, we could have had uh, something, but we had to do it for fun. I mean, I would have to say, if I have to make a guess, and just this is off the top because we're, we're wrapping up here, but I'm going to say Phoenix Suns, Miami Heat, it's going to be a hot and spicy NBA Finals, hashtag Chili Piper. Had to throw <laughs> it in there because I am an advisor. <laughs> there we go. Oh, get that up. That's great. You know, I disagree with you, David, but... You know, that doesn't mean I'm going to be correct. I think the Warriors are going to be in the finals. And I think that they're going to end up playing the Boston Celtics. I like it. I like it. This was like a Stephen A. Smith, like kind of follow up, like, hey, David, respectfully, but no deal. This I'm going this route. Well, I'm excited to finish up with the playoffs of diehard fan. I know you're a diehard fan, but more than anything else, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Yeah. Keep on pushing yourself. Keep on pushing your team and continue to inspire the ones around you. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, David. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. 
If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.